Getting the right people to work in your business is critical, but how do you attract high quality tradespeople and technicians? Now, in today's podcast, we're going to outline what you need to do to get the best people to work for you. And a quick hint here, it's not all about what you pay. Creating the best plumbing, electrical, or similar construction-based service business is not about being the best person in the field or working harder and longer until you crack it. It's about you learning the skills to become a great business owner and leader so you can create a powerful business that makes strong profit and does not depend on you. For the last 10 years, Tony Fraser Jones has been advising construction-based service business owners to do just that. If you want to improve your profits, reduce the number of hours you work, and take greater control of your business, keep listening. If you want to get there faster, visit go.profitabletrady.com slash podcast. Here's Tony. Hi, I'm your host, Tony Fraser-Jones, and I'm here with my sidekick, Phil Smith. Now, Phil is the COO here at Profitable Trady. Phil, I can't wait to get into today's topic. I think, I can't actually think of many more things that are more important than actually getting the right people into your plumbing, electrical, or your similar service-based business. So what are we going to touch on today, Phil? Hi, everybody. What we're talking about today is we're talking about how you as a business owner can get the top people to apply for the positions that you have in your business. So we know that most often the people that you want to hire, they're already working for someone else. So we need to be able to lure those people away and lure them over to you. And this applies to people in the field, but also in the office. Yes. So this is not just about tradespeople and technicians and craftspeople and journeymen, etc. It's actually about how do you get great people Yeah, in, in general, because the principles are all the same. That's right. So it doesn't matter if it's, as you say, someone in the field, in the office, maybe it's a stockroom manager, could be anybody, but how do we get the best? So, hey, Tony, what happens if we can't attract the best people? Yeah, well, it's it's tough. I think as a business owner, if you can't find good people, you get overwhelmed and you stay overwhelmed and it's super, super stressful. You actually run out of energy, you run out of motivation and you run out of fizz and excitement for your business. Often you can grow to hate your business. No, which sure. is which is not great. No. And I think you end up letting people down as well because if you can't get the right people, things fall through the cracks. You can't keep up with your jobs, your clients, and you know, things start to – the wheels start to fall off. That's definitely right. And I think something else that happens, Phil, which we notice a lot of, is people actually settle for B and C grade employees, which creates a whole other list of problems. Like, terrible, yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's I mean, awful. How often do we see people and they're like, I just need somebody. I just need yeah. somebody. So they settle for just whoever comes along, thinking they've filled the gap, but not realizing what they've created for themselves in the future. Yeah, it's like you know they'll end up with poor quality work. They'll get more frustrated, more angry, poor morale from the rest of the team. So a bad apple will spoil the barrel. This you know those old sayings are true. That's and right. you, you'll get low profit margins because profitability largely comes from the efficiency of your labor. Like you've got to buy the materials. And the stuff to do the job, that is what it is. And you can get a more competitive price a bit, but it's not massive. But if your labor and your team are not good, that's where all your margin just gets burnt. A hundred percent. And I just want to emphasize what you said there, Tony, about, you know, the bad apple spoiling the bunch. I heard a really good uh, little analogy with this, which is imagine you're in a canoe and everyone in the canoe's paddling one direction, but someone's paddling the other way and just making it a pain in the ass. Now, the key with this is who wants to jump out first? Is it the person paddling the wrong way? Nah, yeah. the people that are going to want to jump out first are the people who are paddling the hardest in the right direction because it's going to be super frustrating. Yeah. So I heard a really cool quote, which is, nothing will kill a good employee faster than watching you tolerate a bad one. So this is crucial. This is absolutely massive. And look, you can't grow your business when that happens, all your profits. 
And I think some people actually get to the point where they, they don't even want to grow. You know, we see this all the time. Hey, I, I've got six people. I don't want to get any bigger. I just want to make it easier. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they don't want to grow because they think it's too hard. And that's because they don't have the right people and they don't know how to get the right people. Well, often if we ask those same people, hey, you know, I know you don't want to get to 15 people. Sounds like a hassle. What if you had 15 superstars and they say, oh, well, that'd be fine. Hmm. So really the key is just getting those right people. So, hey, Tony, what if we get it right? How does it look then? Happy clients. Yep. Yep. High quality work, I think, happens. You feel positive and excited about, you know, the prospects for your business. You can grow your revenue and your profits. You get more time and freedom for yourself as a business owner. And that's absolutely critical. If you want time, money, and freedom, and that's why we do what we do, right? It's right. it's about eliminating poverty. Entrepreneurial poverty for construction service businesses. That's what we do. And that's, you need more time, money, and freedom. And you've got to have the right people to do that. That's right. Massively important. Well, Tony, look, I know you're a story lover. So let's gather around the campfire and take us through a story for Get the marshmallows out again. That's the one, mate. I'm going to tell a story about a gentleman called James. Again, obviously not his real name, Phil. (laughs) Well, maybe it is. Who knows? Mate, who knows? Anyway, (laughs) so James, he was struggling to hire new people over a period of a couple of years. That's before we talked with James. He was frustrated and angry. He'd hired four people the previous two years, all of whom were, let's say, bottom feeders. (laughs) Yep, That's a nice term. Yeah, like you've got the wheat and the chaff. They were the chaff. I've yeah. got to get that in there. You know, that's yeah, my yeah, favorite I know saying. You love right. to say it's good old farming background. That's right. You, but he just couldn't find good people. And his response was, hey, look, I've offered, you know, okay money. Uh, I think people are just way too picky for what they're looking for in a job. Look, they're just afraid of hard work and they should be grateful that we can even give them a job. Well, I think he had the whole snowflake millennial thing that was his, like, <laughs> his thing. Look, the first thing I guess we said to James is, like, maybe do you think your attitude's part of the problem here? Uh, Not an easy thing to hear. No. No. And how did James react? Well, you know, he was a reasonable sport, but we beat him up a few times. We got there eventually. That's for sure. Like over the next 18 months, we worked with James. He hired six you know, high quality people, four people in the field and a couple of people in the office. And you know, what changed for him? I think that's what we really want to go through today. Yeah. What are the shifts that have to happen to go from that situation where you can't find people or they're just C or D grade? players yeah. to where you can actually get great people on board because that's absolutely fundamental to having a great business. Well, Tony, let's talk through some of the stuff that we did cover with them. Yep. I'm sure everyone wants to know. So. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So I think the first thing that we've got to be really, I guess, mindful of is how important your hiring process is. Like, If you want a business that gives you time, money, and freedom, then your team is like there's nothing more important than being able to grow a team. It's that's just right. it's a massive part of the process. So. I think it requires a shifting of the way we see our role as a business owner. So if you're listening and you own a plumbing business or an electrical business or glazing or painting or tiling or landscaping, whatever it is, HVAC, okay, you own that business, but you have another really important job. It's probably the main job, and that's to find good people. And I think what we should actually do is, and we've talked about this a lot, isn't it? We should turn the business inside out. So rather than focusing on marketing for new clients as being the most important thing, we should be thinking at least as much about marketing for the right talent. Yeah, this is huge. And I think it's really important because when you make the shift from being a sole trader, it's just you, the business is you, it's all about you, to actually being a business and having employees, you've got to realize that the whole reason that your business is going to continue to expand is because you're taking on employees and actually multiplying what you're able to do. 
So at that point, your biggest responsibility is to make sure that the people you take on, being your most important resource, are the best they possibly can be. And there's honestly nothing more important than that once you make that transition from yeah. sole trader to... And there's an old saying, like, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Look, if they're not great, you know, hires, they're never going to be great employees. I, but I could be wrong occasionally, and that's happened, but well, pretty much... Well, you might be able to make a sow's ear purse, but uh, yeah, yeah. it's still a sow's ear. <laughs> it's still it? a sow's ear, mate. That's, that's exactly right. So if they don't have the right stuff at the start when you hire them, then it's you're pushing the proverbial uphill with a fork, right? Not fun. So... I think that's massive because the market for talent is actually really fierce. And as you said, the best people are working with someone else most of the time, unless they're maybe moving state or country or town or whatever, Mm. uh, then you might pick people up on the move. But most people are working for someone else. So we have to be able to lure them away. Well, I love that old saying, mate, about, uh, you know, good staff are almost like public toilets, you know, either full of crap or they're taken. (laughs) That's right. I hadn't heard that one before, mate. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm full of them, mate. You must have been Googling jokes online. (laughs) I was just now. Yeah, good work. So how do we do that, Tony? Well, how can we I think get the, the right ones? Yeah, what we need to do is understand this concept of being an employer of choice in our area. So that means that we're the place that the best people want to work. Now, sounds good, right? Uh, good sort of theory, but how do we do it? That's really the key. Well, a couple of things. I think we can talk pay. So let's talk pay. That is part of it. It's not all of it. but It's part of it, yeah. Definitely. I mean, good people deserve to be paid top whack. That's right. And why wouldn't they? Look, I think we need to be in the top 20% of the range. Yeah, definitely. Don't be cheap. Well, you don't want to be cheap. I mean, end of the day, it is one of the first things that people are going to look at. And it is super important. End of the day, if I could be making more somewhere else, that's going to be a pretty strong pull. So you need to be in that top range to just really to compete. But it's about what we do from there to actually, you know, take it up a notch. So as you said, it's not the be all and end all. Yeah. One thing I will add here though, Phil, is that you really need to understand the numbers in your business. Now, if you get a good person in the field, tradesperson, technician, or craftsperson, whatever they are, how much extra gross profit are they going to make for your business? It's probably going to be $100,000 or thereabouts. It might vary a little bit. Well, Tony, if we actually just break down the numbers on this, let's um, take a Sparky, for example, an electrician. If I can get a you know good one on board and I can actually keep them well utilized and I know my pricing well enough, then hey, they should really be doing twenty, maybe twenty five thousand dollars worth of work per month for me if I've got them in their own van and as I say, well utilized and well priced. Now if we might, look at might that, even be more. Might even be more. And if we look at that, I mean that could put me in the range of maybe three hundred thousand dollars of extra turnover and revenue per year by having that person on board. Now, if I'm pricing my work accurately, let's say I hit maybe a 40% margin, it's $120,000 gross profit. And we think, oh, I've still got to pay the guy. No, you've already paid him. This is the gross profit. His wages have already come out. That's 120 grand. I've just got straight in the bank as profit. Sure, some fixed costs come out. But honestly, for one extra hire, probably not much infrastructure under that, maybe a van. And again, that's probably a one-time thing. So So if if you have to pay that person the extra three or $4,000, who cares? You're still on the exactly. make. Exactly. We're still way in the green. Way in the green. Yeah. Uh, and you can, you know, eventually you need to pass that margin back to the clients anyhow. So pay is part of it for sure. And we want to be uh, at top end because, you know, winners need to be well paid. But that's not all it is. So we need to look at the other sort of, I don't know, softer stuff. Mate. It's not softer, but the other stuff that's not pay. Tony, I actually think this stuff's harder. And it's I'll more important. I'll tell you why is because this is the stuff that really resonates with somebody. Now, a lot of the time we get our staff come to us and they'll say, hey, you know, I think I'm really worth it. I'm doing a great job and I'd really like 
uh, pay rise. Now, honestly, if you give them a dollar an hour pay rise, this is a decent pay rise, right? But let's look at this. A dollar an hour pay rise is $40 extra per week. You get taxed off that and you buy one extra box of beer, gone. That's it. Now, end of the day, you get $2 pay rise. Sweet. You get one box of beer, one taxi ride and gone. So in this case, what we quickly realize as we get paid more and more throughout our careers and our lives is it doesn't necessarily make a huge long lasting difference or impact to us. And so what we actually need to do is we need to look for more. And I think this is where we can actually make ourselves stand out because we're more than just money, which does run out. Yeah. And the good people, you know, they are looking for things like, hey, what's the opportunities here? What's the responsibilities I can get? Is this a place where I know that people genuinely care about me and I am trusted and I trust the place I'm working? Mm. Uh, So those are all really important things. Something that I know you talk a lot about is this brightness of future. So maybe, um, you know, what brightness of future is really important for an employee. So what what does that sort of mean? Well, what it is is, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this yourself. People don't wake up in the morning look in the mirror and think to themselves, you know what, everything is exactly perfect right now and I could die today and not be disappointed that I haven't been anything more or seen anything more or done anything more or experienced anything more or developed. People always want a little bit more. They want things to be better. They want that bright future and that greener grass. So in this case, what it is is it's, I want to know that working here and doing what I'm doing is actually in service of growing myself and being able to actually achieve new things and become more than I am today. And that's the thing. The good people, the A players, think like that. The C and D players, they don't think like that. So this stuff won't resonate with them. No, not at all. And I think the biggest thing here is that people need to understand that they do have goals, whether they know it or not. One of the biggest things that we actually get people to work on is how to get your staff to identify the things they want to achieve. Because often if you ask somebody, what do you want from your life? They'll say, oh, I want to have a happy and secure family life. I'm like, what does that look like? And it's only when we put some specifics around it that we've realized we've got some work to do. And then if we can show them, hey, this is actually the specifics of what you want. And here's a clear plan of how we can help you get there. Man, that's invaluable. It is huge. It's huge. And there's other things that we talk to our members about. Maybe they set up, trainings for their team on how to buy a house, how to invest successfully. They get health people and they get fitness people and relationship people and to add a whole different dimension to the employment experience that they don't get somewhere else. That's right. One thing that we find really works for the high performers is when the company has values, a value statement that they articulate and they tell people about through their socials and their website. And the good people look at that and they're like, wow, that's kind of me. That's the sort of place that I want to work. So it's different. Yeah, exactly. Well, they feel that sense of belonging and sense of being valued. Hey, I'm with my people. Yeah, this is like my crew. That's right. These are the people that are like-minded. We're into the same stuff. We're headed the same direction. And so we're all going to get there because we're all helping each other. And it's not just, I mean, this is important. Social events are important. And maybe you play paintball, you go fishing or, you know, you go clay bird shooting or whatever. You have barbecue, go fishing, whatever it is. They're all good things. And definitely a team that plays together stays together. But it's a bit deeper than that. Definitely. It's about, you know, responsibility, giving people responsibility. It's about giving them opportunities to train and upskill and helping them see the potential career path for them Mm. as well. And just showing you care. You know, you care about their future. You know, you care about them actually achieving the things that they want to achieve. And I mean, throwing a barbecue and putting on a few drinks, hey, that shows you care about them on some level, but helping them get into their first home 
helping them set themselves up for their future, that's true caring and it creates massive, massive work. And it's other stuff like just creating a strong culture. So one of the strategies that we teach our, our coaching clients, our members in our Million Dollar Trading Program is how they can have a good communication rhythm with their team. So they have regular performance reviews, you know, at least six monthly, and then they have a regular 20-minute coaching session. Now, it might be monthly for people a little bit lower down in the organization and weekly for the management team where you actually invest time and pour the love into the team and they know that you care about them. It's a discussion about their job here, not just about how they're going, not just about the projects they're working on, which is a real important but subtle difference. Yeah. So I think the key is, is these are awesome things that we want to be able to do for you know for staff once we got them. But the real key here is actually getting people to see that we do this That's right. when we're trying to attract them. So yeah. I suppose the trick is that we've got to promote this stuff so that potential employees see it before a job comes up or when we have it you know, available to be seen. Or they see it on an ongoing basis and they, it keeps right. hitting their socials or their news feeds and they're like, flipping heck, place I work, it's not like this. Or one of the most powerful ones is when you're getting referrals from your existing team members, just like you do for your clients. This is it. And you know when you've got this stuff right, when your existing team members start referring their friends and mates and associates. That's, That's right. when you know you've got this stuff right because they're like, you know, they're your best advocates. Yeah. So I think what you've said, Phil, is massive. And it goes back to, you know, marketing for talent is more important than marketing for clients. So we actually have to proactively take all this good stuff that we're doing and help the world see that we do it mm-hmm. and realize that any interaction we have, the underlying thought is, look, this might be hitting someone who's going to be a good employee here in the future. Well, how can we get it out there? Website. Yeah. Make it very, very active on your socials, your Insta, your LinkedIn, and you know Facebook. That's pictures of the team, pictures of jobs, pictures of training events you do for the team. All that stuff, make it visual. Having great vans, signage, uh, uniforms, all that sort of stuff is important. But it's just realizing everything you do is actually marketing for talent. Mm. Uh, the right people will check it out. It might just build that relationship that they have to you that when the job opportunity comes up, they're like, yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to apply for that now. For sure. And I think the last part with that is also making sure that all those great things that we say about building culture, you follow through and you do them, live them day in and day out. Because again, if you just do this when it's time to hire, just so you can put on a good face, hey, it's lip service, isn't it? It is. It is. It has to be real. I mean, there's one way to be trustworthy and that's to be trustworthy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If you are, you don't need to talk about it. Exactly. You just do it. And if you're doing this day to day, then your staff are going to be out there spreading the good word day in, day out. And that's super helpful. So let's land this plane time. Yeah. So I think that the big thing that I you know, from the discussion we've had today for me is we need to switch our thinking around. If we want to hire the right people, we've got to make that an absolute priority and build a system and a business that positions us as the employer of choice. And then we've got to shout that from the rooftops. Because our future business success and growth actually depends on doing this better than other people. That's right. So that's really the key. Yeah. So I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. Like, Please subscribe so we can let you know about future episodes and you can join our free Facebook group which is for like-minded owners of construction-based service businesses. You get some help there and talk with other winners. Just check out all the details for this in the episode notes and we'll let you know about it in there. Thanks for listening, team. Catch you next time. Remember, a business that hires the best people has the competitive advantage. Thanks for tuning in to the Profitable Tradie Podcast with Tony Fraser-Jones. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit www.profitabletradie.com slash podcast or check out the episode notes for more details.